Hello, and welcome to another episode of What the Dev. I'm your host today, Christina Cardoza, news editor of SC Times. And today we have Dimitri Shapiro, CEO of the Koji Web App Platform. Hey, Dimitri, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for uh, joining us today. So, um, you know, I've heard that you previously were the CTO of MySpace, and I know you were there, you know, after the social media platform had already been around for a couple of years. But, um, you know, I think it's a really interesting idea how MySpace was a social media platform that we used years ago, decades ago. And if you think about it, it sort of started this whole talk and idea of coding where people were able to customize their own profiles and they were going on looking for these, you know, coding snippets to add, to change colors, to do all these different customizations. So can you talk about um, a little bit about MySpace in the early days and how it sort of brought this idea of coding or citizen development to, you know, end users? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's actually a fascinating story that, that sort of been covered a bunch by the press, but but being inside of it was was even sort of more interesting to to watch. Um, so when when MySpace launched, right, there was a website out called Friendster. Uh, that was sort of one of the early social what we call social media today. Back then, we didn't even have a name for these things. We typically called them online communities. Um, and uh, and and it was built, you know, by Krista Wolf and Tom Anderson, and and Tom wrote a bunch of code to to make this work. And and one of the things that he did was actually a, a bug that was introduced uh, into MySpace, which sort of allowed people to get access to the code and, and manipulate the code and change it. Right, this was not a feature initially. It ended up being one of the greatest features of MySpace, but it was actually originally a bug. Uh, that was sort of just left to to be there because they realized this was actually really cool. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, people quickly figured out that, that this was a thing. And and because really MySpace was kind of like your, your public profile, right, your website uh, to the world. Today, we don't really think of, of Facebook as sort of being our, our public profile, perhaps like LinkedIn. Um, uh, but at that time, MySpace was, was sort of the only place where you could easily make a public profile so that if you met somebody, let's say, in real life uh, or online, right, you could point them to this thing and say, this is me. And that because it allowed you to customize it so dramatically, it, it let people, you know, express themselves in, in, in sort of very, very diverse set of ways. So that was sort of the first thing is this ability uh, to allow all of us to be able to present ourselves in the way that you know, displays our creativity and kind of shows off who we are, right? And the, in the physical world, we don't all walk around wearing a, you know, white and blue uniform that we're sort of forced to put on on Facebook, right? We wear all kinds of different clothes and different hairstyles and such. Uh, and, and so MySpace was, was that kind of a service that allowed that to happen. In fact, one of the things that I still find uh, just like tickles people when I do a demo for them, and I encourage our listeners to do that, go to Twitter and then do a search for the following phrase, I miss MySpace. What are the chances that in 2020, anybody would have that thought? Nevertheless, type it in and post it to Twitter. And I assure you, every single time that I've done this demo, I find dozens of posts on Twitter by people saying that they miss MySpace. Now, they miss it for many different reasons, uh, but one of the most common reasons was this ability to learn 
uh, to to code, right? Sort of little bits of code, right? Just a little bit of HTML and CSS, uh, and and that made people feel great about themselves that, that they were learning and experimenting, and they, you know they posted they spent hours and hours doing this, uh, and then of course they they missed that capability to express themselves in that way. Great, yeah. I just did a search for I miss MySpace on Twitter while you were talking, and there certainly are. You know, a lot of people talking about it. And you mentioned um, Twitter, obviously, and Facebook and how this isn't something that's really around anymore. So why do you think today's, you know, top social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, don't allow for the same customization that MySpace presented all those years ago? Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, in the 80s, an author named uh, Ray Oldenburg uh, wrote a book called The Great Good Place. And, and he's a sociologist, anthropologist, uh, and, and in it, he argues that human beings need three distinct physical places in our lives uh, where we spend our time, social places, to live fulfilling lives. We need a home where we spend time with our family and friends. We need a, a workplace that's different than our home where we do our work. And then something he called the third place. Uh, perhaps the, the person who made this term most famous is, is Howard Schultz, the, the CEO of Starbucks, uh, where he argues that Starbucks is the third place in the lives of millions of people. It's a social place other than a home or workplace where we go and spend our time. And by the way, those social places are becoming less and less sort of available. We all used to go to libraries or town uh, squares or or, you know, the bar cheers and in the TV show. These are all public places where people, you know, leave their homes and their work and go socialize and talk to each other. Um, And and, uh, we don't really have those very much anymore digitally. Uh, People mistake Facebook for being that, but that's not it. In Ray Oldenburg's world, Facebook is the first place. It's our digital home. It's where we spend time with the people we know. Facebook punishes you algorithmically for friending people who are not who you don't know. Facebook is the place to connect with people you know. So arguably Facebook is our digital first place. Arguably LinkedIn is our digital you know workplace. It's a social place where we talk about work. Uh, but this sort of digital nightclub, which is really what what MySpace was, it was a digital nightclub where people went to meet other people, people uh you know, looked around, browsed around and found other interesting people to add as friends. It was called friend collecting. Uh, we don't do that anymore. Uh, and this is why people miss MySpace. This is why in today's world, people still post that they miss this. This is a an unaddressed need in the lives of humanity, you know, of humans, uh, to have this third place. And we want it digitally and we don't have it. Great. And what, um, you know, what is the importance, would you say, of providing people with that place, but also, you know, giving them the coding capabilities, giving them the customization features today? Uh, Well, I might be biased uh, because I've been thinking about this problem for a very long time. Uh, I I think it's 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 critical. I think it's critical for the well-being of 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 people, again, to be able to have a, a digital third place. Uh, where they can come 
as themselves, meaning ultimately customized, which is the way humans are generally ultimately customized, where we can show up, uh, communicate with each other, and, and continue to, to express ourselves. Now, what does that mean to express ourselves digitally? Today, we can all express ourselves with text, although that's quite hard to do for many people. We can all our, express ourselves with a photo that we can post. We can all express ourselves by recording a video and posting it. And we believe sort of the next uh, sort of step, the, the next evolution of the democratization of digital self-expression is interactive. Uh, code is certainly a part of that. Now, how difficult is the code? How much do you need to code? Or are there sort of helpers there that give you access to the code, but you sort of don't need to touch the code if you don't want to? Th this is the interesting place to play. Uh, and and But yeah, we think that this is a, a huge need and, and a huge opportunity. And, and, and also, again, sort of, I think, really, really, uh, this ability for amateurs to to play with code and and to discover it and to lose their fear of it and then to move on and and perhaps if they want to become you know more professional developers well wow this is a really valuable thing it's really hard to get started uh, in development there there's sort of a big step function and this is where most people drop off that try to learn to code they drop off in that first part by the way, same thing with people like learning to play musical instruments, right? They, they drop off in that beginning part where, it's, where it just feels like this is just so much. I can't possibly see myself, you know, sort of going up that ramp of proficiency. Uh, and if you can lower that and, and sort of smooth that ramp and let people more easily in a more friendly way start feeling capable in manipulating certain parts of code and then grow with it. Well, we think this is really, really uh, you know, obviously needed and, and beneficial for for uh, new generations, right? Great, yeah, definitely. And I know, um, you know, the Koji platform is sort of working to do this. You guys, um, tell me a little bit about the platform. You know, what what is it that you guys do, and how are you trying to open up this third place, or um, you know, enable people to customize and code? Yeah, so we we kind of came to it in in a funny way. We we didn't start off building Koji as, as sort of wanting to make it that third place, even though again I've known uh, that, that this is an opportunity and, and a, a big need. Um, uh, we but we are that now. We've recently implemented a feature that allows you to completely customize your profile, just like you could do in MySpace, but to a much greater extent. Uh, than that, uh, and and we can touch upon it a bit later if we've got time. Uh, but but we started off with with sort of this realization again. So I started writing code in 1984. I, I fell in love with it in high school, and uh, and spent my my basically entire sort of teenage years uh, in front of a monochrome screen on an Apple II computer. And since then, I've gone up and down in my proficiency to be able to be. Uh, a capable, a functional developer, somebody who feels confident that I could sit down and make something. Uh, and when I have that competency, I feel powerful. Uh, and, and when I don't, uh, I feel uh, obviously lacking in that. And, and so it's always been in the back of my mind uh, that, that I, I want to make something that, that makes it possible for more people to feel that power uh, and also to just be able to, to do things. 
you know, today, a, a, a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of us can make anything with code. And even those, meaning, oh, uh, there are about 20 million developers from what, what I can gather from my research in Google in the entire world, 20 million functional developers. So it's a percentage of the population that's a quarter of 1%. It's zero. Nobody can do it. And even those of us that can write code, the time that it takes to do even simple things is significant. It's meaningful. And so we choose not to do even most of the ideas that we ourselves have. And this is what Koji tries to change, is it has this insight that if we allowed developers, professional developers around the world, to build templates, uh, meaning to write code and, and wrap it with some interfaces that make it super, super fast and easy for everybody in the world, even non-technical people, to clone it, uh, customize it, and deploy it. Uh, and, and today, you know, Koji is primarily being used to create uh, games. So again, this is a function of what kind of templates are developers putting into our Git server. Uh, so it's primarily games and other types of what we're calling kind of interactive posts, things that are meant to be shared via social media. <clears throat> All of these are web apps. They have permalinks. Uh, but some people are already playing with creating, you know, like somebody made a, a, a Twitter clone. And so you could go and, and clone Twitter. Uh, and just in a few minutes, uh, change its name, uh, change its colors, change, obviously, logo and sort of any other images and stuff that you want to do. And perhaps, you know, I used to do demos, you know, change who's allowed to register for an account. Only people that can authenticate with a stanford.edu email address, which can make a something like Twitter, but only for Stanford. And then deploy that. And you can do that with Koji in under 10 minutes. You can deploy a new social media platform customized to whatever you want it to be, restricted to you want whatever you want it to be in under 10 minutes. And you can do that as an amateur. Now, we ended up uh, sort of putting that template, hiding it a bit because it was starting to blow people's minds. Uh, so today we're mostly sort of le letting people play with trivialities as we expand this out and take it out of beta. But that's, that's sort of the vision of Koji is to allow uh, more technical people to build templates so that less technical people can start playing around with those templates. Uh, they get access to all the code, so you can modify any of the code you want. And by the way, Koji is collaborative. It works like Google Docs. So if you get lost or if you get stuck or if you need help, you can simply sort of digitally raise your hand and a more experienced developer can sort of parachute into your project uh, and help you get unstuck or help you do what you need them to do. You can, you can chat with each other. You can see each other's cursors. They can help you do a little bit of the work and then let you deploy this sort of with all of our deployment automation and stuff like that. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. So how, you know, exactly is this presented to the end user, the non-technical person that they're easily able to create things or take advantage, you know, because if we think back to the, to the MySpace days, I'm just remembering that I would have to Google search some sort of code and then try to figure out on my own how to, where to plug it in and how to do that. So how do you guys present it and make it easy for the non-technical users? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so developers, as I mentioned, developers from around the world, third-party developers, not people that work for us, independent developers, can create any type of you know, full-stack, let's say, JavaScript app and, and, and upload it to us. And when along with the code 
the, that is the app that they would have built anyway if they were themselves to launch this app to the wild. Along with that code, the front end and back end code, they also provide us with uh, this .koji, you know, hidden directory uh, that that has some customization files, some JSON files that that uh, are you can think of them for the technical folks in in the audience as is basically uh, you know abstractions of hyper variables, right, that, and pointers to them. So let's say this is a game. Games have what? Games have strings of text. Games have you know various sort of physics and variables that can be customized to change their physics. Games have colors, uh, images, maps, you know, any kinds of things like that that somebody might want to change about that game. And so that's expressed in those JSON files in the configuration bundle. And so when a non-technical person or a technical person, you know, comes to withkoji.com, W-I-T-H, Koji, K-O-J-I.com, uh, you can browse these templates, uh, then hit the remix button. Uh, which uh, sort of signals to us that we should clone that template and spin up uh, uh, a customization environment for you. Uh, and part of that customization environment is what we call visual customization controls. Those are the things that are created by those JSON files I was just referencing. And those visual customization controls are trivially easy to understand. People learn to use them by watching a five-minute YouTube tutorial. We've seen seven-year-old kids um, making games using those, we call them VCCs. And so if you're changing colors, we give you a color picker. If you're changing strings of text, we obviously give you a text input box uh, or range sliders or array of objects. Uh, and again, all of these are just visual, kind of like a form interface where you know how to upload an image. That's easy. So that's an image chooser. You can upload an image um, or you can choose from from libraries of images that are sort of being created by designers and being made available within Koji so you can easily choose images. Uh, same thing with sounds. You can obviously choose a sound, upload a sound, rip a sound, do whatever. And so it, it's really easy to understand. Um, and uh, But the code is still there and accessible to anyone. And, and you can edit the front end and the back end code. Uh, there's a preview. And, and so you can preview everything in, in you know, desktop, tablet, uh, phone. You can scan a QR code and preview it on your, on your smartphone as you're developing this thing. Um, and then when you're ready, you can simply hit the deploy button, you know, give it a name, and, and off it goes. We run a continuous integration pipeline that gets triggered, and it bundles everything and deploys it you know, onto the web using Google and Amazon um, clouds. <laughs> Great. So, you know, is there anything else, though, that you've you've learned um, at your time at MySpace or just in general that has helped you build out Koji? You know, it's, it's funny we say how um, we miss MySpace, but I don't think most people realize that MySpace is sort of still around. It's just very different from the old days from where we remember it. So where, you know, do you think the platform went wrong that it's not so popular? And is there any aspects that, you know, Koji is looking to fill or you've learned from that. Yeah. So by the way, after MySpace, I spent four and a quarter years at Google and I worked on Google Plus and, and a bunch of identity uh, initiatives within Google. And so I've had I've had sort of a breadth of experience on, on this. Um, yeah, so we know where MySpace went wrong. Uh, it, it went wrong when, when Facebook came out and MySpace 
and Facebook got confused with each other. MySpace did not realize that it should have kept its path and become the digital nightclub uh, and, and tried to become the digital home, tried to compete with Facebook. And of course, it wasn't meant to be a digital home. The infrastructure was not designed for it. Uh, and we don't need two digital homes. Uh, and, and so that's where it went wrong. When I was at MySpace, uh, I tried to take it back to, to those roots, to align it back to that North Star. Uh, News Corp decided to sell it to this to this uh, ad network, and, and I left then. Um, uh, and so, yeah, look, we we think that, uh, and by the way, I think the new MySpace is nothing like the original MySpace. Uh, it just has the name. Uh, one day in some crazy world, I'd love to acquire that domain name because I still think it's sort of one of the greatest domain names uh, in the world for you know people to be able to, again, express themselves. This is MySpace on the internet. Um, and uh, so, you know, maybe that's one of my goals, I guess, for, for 2020. Uh, and, and yeah, we're, we're certainly hoping that, you know, Koji gets uh, adopted by all of those people uh, that, that miss that kind of a, of a capability to be able to, um, you know, to express themselves in, in that way. By the way, meanwhile, Koji is being used by all kinds of folks, including brands and influencers and such, to create interactive posts that can then be shared on existing networks, on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat. You can make a post on Koji, make an interactive post, and then share it on all of those networks you know, simultaneously and allow people, wherever they are, to engage with your interactive content. And arguably, that piece of content, that embeddable piece of content, that interactive post, is you, is that expression of you. And by the way, it carries with, with it a link back to your profile on Koji, which is that completely customizable thing that I was talking about earlier, where you can showcase anything you want. In fact, we already saw, uh, I haven't seen them completed yet, but people starting to make profiles that look exactly like the original MySpace, meaning you can, on Koji, make a profile that looks exactly and functions exactly like your original uh, MySpace profile did. And once one person makes it, uh, everybody else can clone that and then customize it to be their own. So don't be surprised if you see a crazy, you know, retro movement uh, with MySpace, original MySpace reborn uh, inside of Koji. Great. Um, I think that's all the time we're going to have for today, Dimitri. Thank you again so much for taking the time to speak with us, letting us know about your time at MySpace and explaining um, Koji a little bit more to us. Thanks so much for having me.